Um, all right, we'll get started here. And we're in the middle of um, the halachos of Geneva's Das, and more specifically, what's considered acceptable marketing, what's not considered acceptable marketing. Um, we went through the Gemara last week. Uh, the, actually, sorry, it was two Mishnayas that we went through uh, in Bava Metziah, Daf Nun Tesamad Beis, and Daf Samach Amad Aleph. And the first Mishnah was talking about unethical practices when you're selling. Uh, for instance, a person can't mix old grain with new grain, uh, or sorry, new grain into his old grain, because new grain, we said, has, uh, has more water weight to it uh, than old grain, which is more dried out, and therefore the old grain is actually more valuable, because uh, uh, the weight that you get on old grain, uh, you get, uh, it's more dense. Uh, so, and if you're mixing in new grain, it's not as dense, uh, so that's not considered ethical. Uh, we also mentioned mixing water into your wine, mixing sediment into your wine uh, to increase the volume. Also unethical, a person's not allowed to do that. Um, and the person also can't mix in grains from another field if people think that they're getting uh, single origin grains, uh, meaning grain from a specific field. Uh, so then a person can't mix in from other fields as well. Uh, so the first Mishnah is all unethical uh, practices when selling things. And then the second Mishnah is talking about uh, unethical marketing that you use for uh, your products. Uh, so the first halacha we saw was a machlokas Rabbi Yehuda and Chachamim. If a person's allowed to give freebies in order to attract the kids to their stall, right? So can, let's say they're, they're selling uh, cookware, and then they want to offer uh, candies in order to get the kids to come into the door. They bring in their parents. They're all excited. Uh, and then once they're there, uh, they feel like they need to reciprocate. And they need to buy something from the store, right? They feel guilty uh, leaving without something. So that's kind of, uh, it's a little bit of a sneaky tactic because the freebie that you're giving has nothing to do with the product that, uh, that, you're, that you're selling, right? So if you're doing like what they do in Costco, they give little samples of, uh, in America, it's Trader Joe's also, they have a little stand, they give little samples of the product, people taste it, and they're like, oh wow, that's a good product, uh, and, and they sell uh, like five times the volume of that, of that product. Uh, so if it's your, they're sampling the actual product, that of course would be ethical, right? I'm, I'm giving them the actual product, but here it has nothing to do with the product. Right. Similarly, you have some uh, car dealerships. They offer like entertainment outside, uh, or uh, I don't know, maybe some kind of DJ party. So the entertainment or the clown or the DJ party uh, that has nothing to do with the actual product that you're selling. Uh, so over there, the Rabbi Huda holds that that is considered unethical marketing because it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't. Uh, represent your product at all, uh, and you're just luring people into the door, taking money from the competition, uh, and therefore it's not permitted. But the Chachamim hold, uh, they hold it's definitely mutter. A person's allowed to do that, right? That's considered a uh, part of the tactics, uh, psychology. What would be unethical about it? I mean, I mean, the decision to buy is up to you. I mean, whether you get a side fringe benefit, that's, that shouldn't really... Um, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. Like, so it doesn't force you. Yeah. Not, there's no compulsion on you to buy. I mean, it's also not fooling. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing really. The competition can do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, guys can also. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs
Uh, so the way Tibby and Philip are looking at this is that uh, you know this is one of the this is one of a this is like a tool that you can use to sell your product. He has the same he can use the same tool. Uh, so why is it considered unfair? Uh, so I, I believe though where Rabbi Huda is coming from, I also I have a little difficulty understanding Rabbi, Rabbi Huda. Uh, but I believe where he's coming from is that um, just like if you're um, uh, if you like using unethical um, tactics to cut into the competition, meaning what Rabbi Huda holds is ethical is either selling a better product, um, and we're even going to see like he holds cut slashing down the prices. Rabbi Huda also holds is unethical. Uh, it's Tanakama, uh, might be Rabbi Huda, might not be, uh, but he also holds that that's also slashing down the prices uh, to to draw in customers, also considered unethical. Chachamim hold Zachor uh, Latov. No, that's the it's a great thing for the for the buyers, uh, and uh, his name should be blessed, right? Uh, it's a good thing to do. Uh, but Rabbi Huda holds that it's that it's us, or you can't slash prices in order to cut into the competition. Uh, so it seems like Rabbi Huda holds what's considered ethical in business is selling a better product. Um, otherwise, it's considered that you're taking market share from somebody else. Uh, so I believe that's what Rabbi Huda looks at it. It's taking market share for somebody else unless you're selling a better product. Uh, so when it comes to if you're offering freebies, right? So now here you're taking market share from somebody else. Uh, drawing more people in, he considers that taking market share from the other from the other sellers, uh, and you're doing it through an unethical way because you're not even drawing them in through the actual product. Um, but I, I agree. I to me it seems uh, like. Who's to say what soap is better on the marketplace? Sunlight soap or this soap or that soap? They yeah. all use the same marketing technique. Yeah. You know, it's not possible to maybe better your product. Yeah. Maybe a motor car yeah. or a computer, you can do that. But uh, soap, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so it's mainly going to be teller in the marketing. <laughs> Uh, and they do a great job, right? Like they do these Dove soap commercials. You're super clean after sparkling skin. So this is anything to do with Geneva's Das? Yes, uh, tied into uh, tied into Das. Because because this, uh, it seems like he's more concerned about stealing the customers from the competition. Right. Nothing. That's nothing to do with Geneva's Das. So like in the same category, but not exactly. Uh, some of the other cases are Geneva's Das, right? Like when you're beautifying, the, if you add extra gloss to your to your product uh, in order to make it look better, you take old Kalem and you paint it up uh, with a new coating, uh, so making an impression that it's a new clee, when really it's an old clee, that would also be under Geneva's Das. Uh, so some of these things would be under the category of Geneva's Das. This is... Really. What? That particular one's not really. Yeah, it's funny because it's in the Mishnah together with all the other, together with all the other Geneva's Das, uh, all the it, under unacceptable marketing, uh, and we'll see that um, that in Shulchan Arach they put it under the category of uh, Ona Umekachtos, I believe. Where is it? Uh, the Shulchan Arach puts it under Ona Umekachtos. Yeah. Uh, so Ona is like you're kind of cheating the person, uh, which is like a Geneva's Das kind of uh, thing. Uh, and Mekartas is a, a false sale, like um, tricking him in sale. So like trickery and, uh, and yeah, basically tricking the person, which is kind of Geneva's Das, and he puts this under that category. 
um, of, uh, of drawing people in. So it's kind of tricking people into your store so that they buy your product. Wait, is it, who's it stealing from? According to Rebuilder, who's yeah. it saying this, this, this is stealing from? Other store owners or the customer? Who's, which one's being pulled or? Yeah, the customer. It, it's, that's why I, I struggle with it myself, right? How are you fooling the customer when you bring him in with something else, but he holds, you're not a, you're not a prize shop or a candy store, you're a cookware store. So when you offer uh, prizes to the kids to lure them in, uh, it's kind of like a false pretense that you're giving them the, uh, the, the, a different product to lure them in, and then it's like a, I think he's like a switch and bait kind of thing, right? You bring them in with one product, sell them another product that doesn't actually represent your product. Because in the second example, he says you're not allowed to undercut the market significantly so people come to you. So maybe it's not really a matter of you can never start. You just, you can't do things that are going to ruin the competition. Because if you're the only store that hands out candy, or you're the only store that just undercuts everyone, then everyone's going to go to you. Yeah. Isn't it more about that than about... Uh, there's two ways to look at it. One is that when you undercut, then, uh, then you're taking away the, their business. Uh, so that's considered like an unfair advantage that you're, that you're, t you're stealing their business from them. We cover a lot of those things in legislation, whereas with products you have to actually write on it exactly what the products are, so, you, so you're not, you're not uh, cheating anyone about what you buy. And we have like anti-monopolistic laws as well, where, where you can't kind of push the other person out of the market completely. Yeah. So, so I mean, we do cover those by, by current legislation. Yeah. So we are looking after the consumers. Yeah. Uh, so that's a similar over here, what they're, what they're arguing about, what's considered fair to, fair to the other sellers, what's not. Yeah, the, the halacha follows the chachamim at the end of the day. But we still want to understand Rabbi Yehuda, like where he's coming from. Uh, and also, it's the second machlokas, right? The second machlokas is if you're allowed to undercut, you uh, drop the prices significantly uh, to pull all the, all the, all the customers to you. Uh, so that we had, lo yifchas as a shar, you can't go lower than the, than the market price. So it's referring specifically to something where there's a market price, right? Everybody sells milk for $2 a liter, and now you want to sell for a dollar, right? So you're, you're undercutting uh, any set market price, uh, right? Wheat goes for this amount, I'm undercutting. Uh, eggs are $3.99 a dozen, and now I want to sell for $2.99 uh, to steal all the market share. What about, uh, so what about an item that doesn't have a market price? Like, like in real estate... There is no market price because certain people particularly like a property, and there is no market, market price. Market price depends on the property. Yeah. So there, yeah. There is no. Because because every house is unique. Yeah. 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 So we find like by by houses, there's no set market price. So you'd be able to. It's pretty much all supply and demand. You can charge. But let, let's say, for example, <laughs> yeah. Hang on. But let's say, for example, you're a property developer in the eastern suburbs, and two bedders go for a million, and you put on two bedders for two hundred thousand dollars, and your whole reason is to kill all the other competition, put all those builders out of business. So that they will come to you. No, no, I understand. I understand. That's the Chachamim's attitude. No, I, okay. But we'll see. We'll see. It's not so easy because there's a panim iris. 
okay. So that we'll, we'll we'll get more deep into uh, particularly this one of uh, lowering the market price. Um, so that's the second halacha is lowering the market price. Uh, then we had um, <clears throat> that a person's not allowed to uh, put his uh, like sift the wheat, put his like really good looking wheat on the top of the barrel, and then underneath have the unsifted wheat. Uh, if a person's going to sift the wheat, then he has to keep the product through and through. Sometimes you'll have uh, we mentioned the case of somebody cutting open the watermelon. You have that like gorgeous uh, deep red watermelon on the top. Uh, and he cut through, you know, 10 different watermelons to get that one, puts it like, ah, this is the product. Uh, and then that misrepresents that. That might misrepresent the actual watermelon if it really took him a long time. If it took him, you know, one or two tries, then okay, that actually represents the product. But if all the other ones were pale, and then he got this one, you know, juicy watermelon, and now he's uh, showing that to, to represent his product, so then that would be uh, unacceptable marketing, right? That doesn't actually represent his product. Uh, so over here also, you can't put the, the well-sifted wheat at the top, and then underneath is all the um, um, unsifted wheat. Um, she, uh, says the Mishnah she'ino elok gonevas ayin, and then he has ein mefarchesin loesa adam veloesa behema veloesa kelem. You can't uh, spruce up and uh, make something look better. Uh, a person, a behema, or kelem that you're going to sell. Uh, so we'll see some examples of that, but that might be like dyeing somebody's hair to make him look young, right? If uh, evident in a marketplace. Uh, so dyeing their hair, a behema to make it look better, right? You give it a, a nice trim, uh, I, I don't know, put oil on the muscles <laughs> or something like that. And Kalem would be to give it a new gloss uh, or shiny paint or something like that to make it look better than it is. Uh, so all that is also considered unfair tactics, unethical tactics, and is not permitted. Um, okay, so we'll get into uh, a lot of the details um, through the Rishonim and through the postgame. I have a question, uh, yeah. um, which may have not applied here. So in terms of the undercutting example, so in the old days, not many businesses could undercut someone else and sustain a loss and keep going and staying in business, which is kind of what Tibi was saying. But today you have these, these multi-billion dollar businesses and they'll say, like Amazon, it's like Amazon, um, I saw a documentary, they just try to, there was another company selling diapers and they just want to put them out of business. So they took all their profits from here, sold diapers and lost until they completely destroyed the competition. Yeah. There, it's not a matter of, and the reason the Chachons say that you're allowed to do it is because then everyone will get prices down. But if you're selling at a loss, no one else can sell it. Like, there's only yeah. a limited amount of businesses that can sell at a loss. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, if that's, if that kind of, very aggressive tactic where you're selling at a loss that's unsustainable here. I mean, you have whatever. I mean, there are other examples. Um, there are businesses, whatever, even right now being established that sell at a loss yeah. with the motivation to kill another business. Yeah. And then once they've killed the other business, then they can do what they want. Yeah. So, so Alex is saying, is it different if somebody's selling at a loss? Meaning, and this is like a much more aggressive uh, form, right? He's not just dropping the price lower than them to draw the business. Here, he's his kavana is to put them out of business, the, uh, the competition. Uh, and not only that, but he's selling at a loss, right? So he himself is not making money. So would that be... Uh, would that be permitted? 
not in his elements, is it? Not even. Exactly, but somebody else will pick up the. If there's an opportunity to kind of build the product at a cheaper cost, then then it's going to find competition coming up again. So it's a question, you know, whether that's going to help him all that much in the long term. Okay, so Alex's question is really the next, uh, the next source. So page 56, the pun we're going to have the Pani Meiras quoted by the Piskei Tshuva. Uh, so it's very interesting because this is in Choshen Mishpat, Simen Kuf Nun Vav, which is Hilchas Nizchei Shchenim. So he doesn't put this under um, competition and uh, where it really should belong. Uh, this he puts into the halachos of uh, being a good neighbor, right? What time you can party until and uh, play loud music and uh, if you can smoke or whatever uh, outdoors and, and bother the neighbors. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, <laughs> uh, so over here is where he mentions... Um, that um, okay, so where it's highlighted on the side over here. Uh, if one person wants to drop uh, the market price, so then his friend uh, is is allowed to be mocha. Uh, okay, I am I am eros. See the chuvas panimi eros who says over there. Odos machzike arendish. Uh, this is based on the liquor license that uh, two cities they got with, uh, sorry, two two people got within one uh, within one neighborhood. Kol echad misar echad. They both got it from the same uh, licensor. Uh, so basically, very similar to uh, like parrots uh, back in the day, where in his town you had to get a liquor license from the person in charge, uh, and Jews would often become the the bartenders. Um, because it was considered one of the more dirty jobs, Jews were limited on what jobs we can we can do we can take, uh, and people didn't often like the, these places because they'd spend all their money uh, buying liquor uh, and getting drunk, uh, and then they'd blame the Jews, right? So <laughs> one of the reasons we weren't so popular, uh, but we had very limited uh, revenue streams. Somebody wanted to buy mashke, yayin sheikhar, v'sheikhar bezul yoser, mimashinikva ashar b'medina. Somebody wants to sell, uh, he wants to sell whiskey much lower than what the, see then it was uh, regulated, so they had a regulated price. He wants to undercut uh, at the regulated price and sell it for cheaper. Uh, so, the second person is uh, being mocha. What do you mean? It's causing him a loss. Because everybody's going to come to him because it's so much cheaper. And the Panamiris answered, Even if it wasn't Gayim per se, and it's going to be Jews that are benefiting by getting cheaper whiskey. Uh, so every, uh, they, the, the, the other sellers are able to be me'akev. And he brings a raya, because it says in Perkazav, but Metziah, Samach, Aleph, Argem, Ar Mishnah, 
person shouldn't drop the prices. Chachamim say, no, he should be remembered for good. It's mutter to do. My time But what's the reason of the rabbanim? Mishum to come eravik latara because you're being marviach uh, the buyers. Upirish Rashi the Otsre Peros Yiru Rashi explains because the people selling fruit they're gonna see that the that the prices drop down. Uh, and therefore it's gonna they're gonna lower the prices themselves. my time and from the fact that the Mishnah has to ask, right? And uh, or uh, the Rishonim have to say what's the reason of the Rabbanan what do you mean the reason is so Pasha it's so obvious you're, you're uh, benefiting the, the Lokim you're benefiting the Jewish buyers uh, that's why it has to say the Lashon Bracha it's a good thing uh, what that means is that it must be that we don't really pay attention to the uh, to the tovas alochem, to the benefit of the buyers. That's not why the chachamim are permitting uh, him to drop the prices. It's not because you're benefiting the buyers. Since at the end of the day, you're causing a, a loss to the other sellers. And there was already a fixed market price that went out. This is the rule of the of the Medina, that it's sold at this price. It's like This is why the Rabbanan have to give the reason that you're changing the the marketplace uh, in the long term. Meaning, it's not a short term uh, thing that you're benefiting the buyers. That's not why the Chachamim permit it. So the Chachamim only permit it because long term you're low, you're going to lower the price. Uh, so it sounds from the Panim Eiros that. The, what, the reason why the Chachamim permit dropping the price is only if you're going to long-term uh, benefit the buyers and lower the price overall. But if it's just going to be a, a short price cut, or like Alex was saying, right, to, to cut out the competition and knock them out of the market, and it's only a gain for the, for the seller, uh, but not for the buyers uh, long-term, uh, so then the Panameira says that that's then then even the Chachamim would be moda that a person's not allowed to do that. Uh, and we'll just avabim echiras hashechar mikomakam ayudezel lo yimkuru bezul hatfua. But through uh, dropping the price of the whiskey, he's not going to affect the a price of the grain that's being sold to him. Right? It's never going to overall drop the prices of whiskey because whiskey is only a secondary product of the wheat. Uh, so you need to buy the wheat at the same price always. So it's not even if he changes the price for the whiskey, it's only going to be short term uh, because the it's not going to overall change the the market price because you still need to rely on uh, on the wheat suppliers. Uh, so of course in our case, uh, the buyers are also goyim uh, and they can be ma'akif. Okay, uh, so. So we come out here, the Panami Eros, that he's saying that it's only permitted to slash prices and cut away at competition, uh, only in a situation, this is a huge chiddush, right? He's like really reading into the words of the Chachamim uh, and the reasoning of the Chachamim. And he's saying that the Chachamim only permitted because you're going to overall affect the price if it's only going to be a short-term self-benefit, right? You're only gaining yourself short-term. That's not permitted. It's only if you're going to affect the uh, the whole marketplace uh, and benefit the, the buyers on it. The buyers 
gain short term still profitable. Right. Yeah. Meaning so it sounds like buyers don't gain long term because it's just a ruse to kick out the competition. And then the price will go way higher. Yeah. It'll never be at those lows. Then just in the interim period where the buyers gain is not. Yeah. Uh, so Alex is saying there's, it sounds like there's two conditions over here. Right. If one is uh, it can't be just the short term thing. Has to be like a overall that it's going to affect it, uh, and the second one is that uh, it shouldn't be for the seller's benefit. It should be the buyer has to has to benefit as well. Long term. Long term, yeah. So it'd be buyer plus long term. Uh, then then it would be permitted to slash prices. Otherwise. So you can have like these Good Friday or or certain season specials where everyone everybody gives a discount. So they, that that's that seems to be. Quite, quite acceptable everywhere. Yeah, uh, like Black Friday yeah. specials or deal. Right, because then the intention is not to knock someone else out. Or it's just to or, or sales. Or yeah, or, or to sell at a loss that's unsustainable. Yeah. yeah. They're selling at a loss, it's just, it's just for a day, so business can fall through and everyone's like, yeah. like, but over here, one store can't decide, oh, today I'm going to sell at, you know, 80% off because that way I'll get all of the customers come to me today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be like lost leaders, right? Lost, like Black Friday, they, on the front page of the, of the ad, you have laptops for $100 and smartphones. And then in small letters, it says first 10 customers only, right? So in America, people camp overnight to be part of that uh, first 10 customers. Uh, and then what happens is they, they sell those at a loss, right? They're losing, let's say, $300 per laptop or per smartphone. But then everybody else is like, whoa, this is a crazy deals happening Black Friday, right? They feel this, uh, this need to jump on it. Uh, and then they buy all the other, you know, products that where Best Buy is going to be, or um, what's the store here? Norman Harvey is going to be selling, Harvey Norman is going to be selling uh, for profit. Are good guys, right? Uh, so all the other ones are selling for profit. Uh, it's only those first few. So it's called lost leaders, right? They're losing on the first to lead on the other ones, but that's drawing like this. Wow, there's crazy deals happening, right? These are the best deals of the whole year, uh, and that'll draw in uh, all the other customers. Uh, so for that also, that would be uh, kind of similar to the Egozim case, where the Chachamim would hold it's permitted, Tanakama. Uh, would hold it's it's not permitted, but here it's a little bit different because you're not selling something a totally different product. You're selling something that's no gea to you, right? You're selling a, a laptop, and you're a laptop store. Uh, so it's not like uh, every customer that gets comes in gets a free Snickers bar. Right? So what was the case here with the Pisay Chuba? So he was so everyone was selling a bottle of whiskey for a hundred dollars, and this guy wanted to sell for eighty. Yeah. And he said, and he said no. Huh? Yeah, he said you can't. Uh, be because you're now damaging all the other right, all the other whiskey sellers are going to go out of business because you're now selling for 80. So there's a fixed market price. The Medina said uh, you should be charging uh, five dollars per shot. He said oh, I want to charge three dollars per shot. Uh, all the other whiskey sellers were like you're going to put us out of business, right? Everybody's going to come to you now. We can't keep up with your prices. Uh, so over there, that's considered uh, uh, like a unfair, right? You're you're destroying all the other sellers. Why can't everyone else put their prices down? Uh, there's a fixed marketplace. I guess they'd be selling at a loss. So I don't. Maybe this guy has a better supplier, or he grows it himself, right? So he has a what's it called? A circular 
what's it called when you? Ah, okay. Uh, it's, there's a certain name. What? There's a certain name when you grow your own uh, products as opposed to getting other supplier. Uh, but he's doing it short term. He's doing it short term, isn't he? Yeah. It sounds. It sounds like. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's doing it short term. But yeah, it's. It, Right, but it sounds like he's not gonna. Well, the Panama Iris is saying he's not gonna affect the price long term for anybody. So it sounds like he's doing it. Like, yeah, it's like a short term thing, uh, and he's just gonna destroy his competition. So why can't the other people? Because they're gonna be selling at a loss. It's a fixed market price. Uh, a fixed market price for it. So. Um, maybe he's a very. Maybe he has independent wealth from somewhere else, and he's just trying to kill the competition. Right. So no one else can. No one. If he puts his price down, no one else can put their price down. That's what it sounds like. It, nobody else can put their price down that low. So basically, he's, uh, he's going to be stealing all the sellers, all, all the buyers, uh, and, and destroying the competition. Uh, so that's considered unethical, right? You're slashing down. And the thinking is that once they go to him, once they'll continue going to him, even when he normalizes the price. Yeah. Uh, he is, sounds like that. Yeah. yeah. Did it say anyway? actually said that uh, his intention was to put the other guys out of business? No, it doesn't say what his intention is. Uh, but it sounds like wait, nobody else is able to drop their prices as well. right? So that's part of the cheshman here. That It's like taken as there's a set market price. Nobody else is going to be able to compete with him. Uh, and therefore, he's going to draw all the customers and create a loss for everybody else. Right, so he has to kind of construe a motivation that he would want to sell at a loss. Yeah. Uh, so there's some kind of motivation here, or maybe he has uh, a lot of extra product or something like that. Yeah. So, so then the product is actually worth worth well, worth less because yeah, yeah, yeah. the, uh, the consumer only has a few is days. Anything, um, that actually has a fixed price? Uh, eggs and uh, sorry, not eggs, milk. Right, milk here can't be sold above a certain amount. I'm just guessing because even in the gas stations, they they never they upmark everything except for milk. In America, for sure, milk, cheese, uh, basic cheeses, uh, I believe eggs. If they're caged, then they then they have a fixed price. Uh, so you have. I mean, you can't go over. Yeah, you can't go over. In Italy, espresso shots can't charge more than 0.8 euro, <laughs> uh, which is a big crisis because nobody's able to give good coffee. Uh, so they can't do all the specialty coffees because you're not allowed to charge more than that. So they're not going to spend a lot of money getting the best beans. Uh, so there's a whole uh, <laughs> rebellion against the fixed market price in Italy. <laughs> You're limiting the quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, America does all these kind of supply things to protect the suppliers, uh, like with corn, right? That's why we have corn syrup and everything that we have, because America pretty much bought up all the all the corn at a fixed price, and then they had this uh, huge, uh, they had too much supply, so they needed to put it in everything. Uh, bread also, uh, yeah, bread often has a fixed price, because that's like a basic staple. So the government will often set, uh, try to set fixed prices for the staples. 
I'm not sure here in Australia if it's the same case. Um, okay, uh, so now we have the Yaivitz. Uh, Yaivitz, page 57. How are we doing on time? We've got 10 minutes. Uh, so it says the, the Yaivitz, Rashi Divrei Masko, Loas Adam Evet Kanani. So here he's going to talk about uh, beautifying a product in order to sell it uh, at a greater price. So Nira Be'enai, Ava Be'evet Ivri. Uh, so, so Rashi Taitz, uh, it said, the Mishnah said, adam, not allowed to beautify a person. Uh, so Rashi says that means Eved Kanani if you're selling a non-Jewish uh, slave in the marketplace. So then you wouldn't be allowed to make him look younger uh, or stronger than he actually is uh, in order to sell him for a higher price. Nira be'enayav be'evet ivri, nira deleslan be'e. So the Yavit says a huge Chaddish, and he says that if it's an Eved Ivri, if it's a Jewish slave um, who is ultimately selling himself, right? You're not allowed to sell uh, a Jewish slave. There's no Kenyan by, uh, by a Jewish slave. Uh, so he's selling himself. Uh, so then, near a Deleslan Ba, so there's no Isser for him to make himself look more valuable than he is. Kevan, she'en gufa kano Kenyan olam, because he's not, it's not a real Kenyan forever, meaning the person's not actually going to be Konahem. It's not uh, technically a sale. And he says, why? Because it's a it's an Ani Yisrael. If he's selling himself, he's obviously an Ani, right? He needs it for money. Uh, and it's mitzvah lafarnaso. Because it's a mitzvah lafarnaso, he says that overrides the Isser of uh, of like Mekachtos, of tricking somebody, which is a huge Chiddush. And we're going to see that uh, many people argue on this in their Matmiya. How could the Yaivet say such a thing? Uh, and then in the next source, we'll see that people try defending him. Uh, but that's what he says. Same thing with uh, with a female Amma. Uh, and now he says, goes without saying that as mutter, uh, to, you have a you have a, uh, you have a young woman who's uh, unfortunately not that good looking, but to use some cosmetics, they go a long way uh, to beautify her uh, in order to find her a nice shidduch lahagun shetim sachim be'enav to find her a nice guy so that uh, she fi- he finds favor in her eyes afiluhi keura even if uh, she's she's not that good looking, right? Uh, she doesn't look that good. Kahu uvda in Nidarem. He brings a case in Nidarem. Uh, sorry, I didn't check up that Gemara. I don't know it offhand. If anybody knows it, let me know. Dechnisua uh, labeis. I don't know what that stands for. Vipua. That they brought her into some kind of house in order to make her look more beautiful uh, to get her married. Uh, so we see from that Gemara that it's mutter for a person to uh, use cosmetics uh, on their daughter in order to find a nice shidduch. Uh, and this is the hetter for, uh, for dating, uh, for, for a woman to use a lot of uh, cosmetics. Beram. Uh, however, hani mili bikaura greda. This is only if she's not that good looking, right? She doesn't look that good. Uh, but if she has a mum, right? Let's say uh, she, I don't know, some kind of uh, huge scar in the face. Uh, or um, mentally, right? There's some kind of condition. Uh, then he says, min mumim uh, uh, like a real mum. That's poisel a woman and you cover it up in order to uh, to, to hide it. Ein This there's no greater ona than this. Lo v'la. 
Shesofa latzeis belok suva, and the din is that she can even leave without a ksuva. Uh, meaning a person is allowed to divorce without a ksuva in such a case because he got tricked. It's mekotos, mamish, in that case. And not only that, but there's going to be so much embarrassment involved. Um, and this is why the, the Chafetz Chaim, one of the greatest forms of Lashon Hara, he says, uh, is if somebody calls you about a shidduch and you don't tell them about a you know, serious condition, right? something like a serious mental condition, if there's serious depression or bipolar, a person's not allowed to hide. Uh, something like that, right? If there's a serious mental or physical condition, uh, or God forbid, she has a terminal il- illness that's going to come out, a uh, person's not allowed to hide. He says, uh, in such a case, you have a mitzvah, losama al damriyacha. You're not allowed to hide such a thing. Uh, and it's uh, unfortunately something that happens too much. That uh, Rabberkowitz says that the rabbanim are they're too uh, makel in this area that you don't have to tell. Uh, and he says this is he finds that this is one of the main uh, the main reasons for uh, for divorces. I don't know one of the main reasons, but uh, it's uh, uh, high up there is that people are hiding things that they shouldn't and uh, not telling. Uh, so and then there's a huge level of distrust, right? And that creates a lot of uh, right off the bat, right? As soon as he finds out uh, that they were hiding something, what do you mean? How could you not have told me? Uh, that creates a huge uh, distrust and. Unfortunately, the the marriage the marriages don't go well. Uh, so the Chafetz Chaim says this is absolutely usher. Not only that, but if if you're telling shidduch information, you have to tell if there's a serious condition. Uh, we're we're going to get into this in a little bit, but uh, he says that he's mesupak. Uh, if you have uh, somebody who's elderly and you want to uh, you want to dye the hair, if that's going to be permitted or not, uh, like the case that we're going to mention, so he's not sure if you're allowed to dye hair in order to look younger, uh, but if she's old enough where she's not able to give birth, and meaning she's uh, past menopause, and now she's dyeing her hair to look under menopause. And I guess uh, during the dating process, he's, he's not going to ask her age, or she doesn't need to put it on the resume, uh, or she puts a false age as well, right? That would not be permitted, to put a false age on the resume. Uh, unfortunately, that's something that occasionally can be done. Uh, and so that's definitely not going to be permitted, um, and um, because you're, uh, that's considered already mekachtas. Uh, to, to dye the hair in such a way where you look like you're fit to have kids and um, uh, and now he's going to marry based on the pretense that she can have kids and that she's much younger than she actually is. The issue with all of these things appears to be that, um, that the person's not coming out and telling the truth that, uh, you know, at the, before it becomes a big problem. Yeah. But like, what, what if they just don't want to discuss this particular thing on the first date? Yeah. Or, you know, and they just, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's definitely permitted. Uh, and many Rabbanim will say, like something like uh, terminal illness or something like that, some Rabbanim will give a heter for her to, to push it off till the third or fourth day. So the third or fourth day is when he already has enough of a feel for her uh, and sees her good qualities. Right? Because if you hear right off the bat terminal illness or heavy mental uh, condition or something like that, uh, so then he's not even going to give her a chance. Right? That's the only thing. And everything else is going to be put in that context of she has this mum. Right, and so the dating is never gonna really hit off. 
uh, or she'll, he'll, he'll never even consider it to begin with. But once he sees her good qualities, her positive traits, and then puts it in the context of that, now he has a fair decision. If it's too far along, then you already have so much uh, chemical love happening that uh, he's going to overlook it completely. So like they find the golden medium is kind of the third or fourth date uh, where, where she should mention something like that. But she could actively, until that point, hide what it is, physical you know, thing. She could actively go up to that point, hide that. Yeah. And then as long as the intention is to, to reveal it before the problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she she can't maybe third till, till third or fourth date, but she definitely has to say before uh, before before the marriage would come in. Uh, but uh, initially, for the first few dates, there is a hetter. Uh, that's some use. Uh, but you have to be careful because people like they draw on too long, and they're t- then you get more and more nervous, right? As you know, as she knows him better, it's more and more difficult to reveal it because you don't want to ruin everything and it's going so well. Uh, so you have that kind of you kind of danger, but uh, you definitely can't go into the marriage hiding something like that. Uh, not only that, but it's terrible for for the marriage uh, on on so many levels. If it's a serious move, uh, if it's something that's not so not so serious, uh, like she went through a crisis in high school or something like that, like a mental breakdown from too much pressure. Uh, so then, lavdavka, you have to you have to mention anything if it's something that's common. Um, and, and not considered to be out of the ordinary. Uh, so yeah, uh, many girls will have a period where they went on Xanax or some kind of antidepressant. Uh, they were going through a difficult period in their teenage life. Um, so all these things you should ask an individual Shiloh on. Uh, but many of that, if that's like commonplace, uh, right? Nowadays to have a stage where you go through de- depression, it's like 40% of people. Uh, at least uh, amongst females, and males a little bit less maybe, uh, but also super common, uh, and therefore uh, very likely you wouldn't have to mention such a thing in dating. Um, okay, uh, if it was like a serious uh, hospitalization or something like that, then a person should uh, should mention, right? Because that can often come up again, uh, or if there's something genetically or something. Like, yeah. Um, okay, uh, 8 o'clock, we'll, we'll stop here for now, continue next week. Shkoyach, everybody. Uh, we should all be honest in, in our business dealings. <laughs>